Greetings and welcome to Subconscious Mind Mastery Podcast number 63. I think really what this would be more an appropriate introduction would be something like this. Because we're going to talk about we're going to talk about dreams this time and particularly how do you interpret dreams? This is something that came to me recently. I was reading a book that I'll tell you about in a few minutes and caught this chapter and it really grabbed my attention and brought some awareness to it because I had really never paid any attention to the interpretation of dreams. You know, we always have silly dreams and sometimes we tell each other about, oh, I had this dream last night, but we don't stop to think that it means something. And particularly, it's a communication from our subconscious mind. So did you realize that you dream a number of times per night, normally in about a 90 minute sleep cycle? So I found this one statistic that was interesting. It said that by age 60, you will sleep 175,200 hours and you will dream 87,000 of those hours with almost 200,000 different dreams. Now, you know how you'll have dreams in a night where you'll have three or four or five dreams consecutively and they're different. When I started getting aware of this and brought consciousness to it, and started capturing my dreams like we're going to talk about here, I realized that in some cases there would be multiple dreams just back to back to back. It was like scene change, scene change, scene change. And of course we know now through sleep studies that we do dream several times throughout the night, normally when we're in the REM phase. Now look, I'm not going to get into a scientific or medical analysis of dreams. I'm not trained in it, number one. And number two, that's not what we're about here. But we are going to talk about the fact that dreams are nothing more than mind movies from the subconscious mind trying to communicate and reach out to the conscious mind. Now, this same type of communication, of course, can happen through meditation, through stillness, through being quiet. But it also happens every, almost every, well, I say every, every single night through our dreams. Now, sometimes dreams could be a warning. So you could be, for example, let's say given some information not to take a trip or to get out of a business deal or to be careful in a relationship or something about your kids. Dreams can also and often will show you something about yourself, a character trait, for example, that you may need to improve an area of your life where you might need to take a closer look at something or an area where your higher self is calling to you to deal with. So it really gets intriguing to me and very interesting that your subconscious mind, which we've talked about in these past podcasts, we've kind of been hanging on this this year, that your subconscious mind, give it a name. It has a name and it wants to communicate with you. So let's take this whole dream thing and realize that it, how is it doing it? It's communicating with you through pictures and images. It's like a verbal metaphor, if you will, symbolism, where an image means something beside its given reputation. Now think about this. This is really cool. So take this and use it in reverse, Okay, go backwards. So what would you do? You've heard of vision boards, right? You've thought about creating a vision board, or maybe you have. 
or maybe you've drawn pictures or whatever it is to create a visual image of something that you'd like to draw into your life. That's a common technique. Well, think about this backwards. How does your subconscious communicate to you through symbolism, through bizarre, weird stuff, right? Through things that are completely just off the wall. Well, now, I don't know this to be true, but it just came to me. I mean, I just realized, well, how do you think your subconscious mind would prefer you to communicate to it? We try to communicate rationally through our conscious mind. Okay, subconscious mind, I need $3,000 by the end of the month. Well, that's not how it works. So communicate to your subconscious mind the way that it communicates to you. So create something completely bizarre, something off the wall, and put it into a mental picture. Or if you'd like, create a vision board with that symbolism so that when you see it, of course, you think of the story, but your subconscious mind is playing the game along with you. I'm going to try that. Haven't done it yet. Just just kind of these pieces all just kind of fit together, but it makes sense to me. If your subconscious mind is communicating to you in these random images, then you could communicate back to your subconscious mind through random images, fun stories, visual metaphors, if you will. So be playful and have some fun with that. Try it. And if you have some success with it, please definitely drop me an email at thomas at subconsciousmindmastery.com or the comment box on the website and let me know how it worked out for you. I would love to hear your story of success with this because I'm sure that that's something you probably aren't going to hear in too many other places. Uh, I, I doubt that that's something that's been studied and it sounds really cool to me. It sounds like it would work, but let me know if you try it and have success with it. I want to know. Okay, now let's talk about some types of dreams. So first of all, Uh, obviously the one that comes to mind would be daydreams, for example. So a daydream is when you are semi-awake, you're conscious. Now, don't overlook these as just wandering thoughts, you know, like you've checked out for a few minutes, you just need a mental vacation. These can also be communications with your subconscious as well. In fact, I heard to the extent this uh, takes place that Tiger Woods even used daydreams to improve his golf game. Now, I don't know the details on that. I just read about it. But, hey, wouldn't that be pretty cool if you could even do some, what would it be, conscious reprogramming of your subconscious mind in that way using this? You know, the one thing about a daydream is that we've been talking about how to get into this state, this brainwave state, basically called the alpha or the theta state, where your subconscious mind is more receptive to the communication back and forth with your conscious mind. Well, that's what a daydream is. A daydream is alpha slash theta state. So you can just let your conscious mind go and see what comes up. There's a problem, and that is that many of us simply cannot let our conscious mind go. We hold on. I mean, you know, you think about most people, I would imagine, now I don't know, but most people I would imagine get up They hit the shower, they get ready for the day, and then, man, it is off and running. And whether it's moving kids around or dealing with things at the job, emails come up, and all the various things that just suck our attention away from us. And it's like that all the way up until you get home in the evening, and then you have more stuff to deal with. You have to fix dinner or deal with the kids or whatever it is that's come up. And I think most people probably just go through the day from bump, 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 bump. And yeah, you might be getting through your to-do list, but is your to-do list coming from conscious awareness of exactly what you want to bring into your life? I think for most people, probably not, because you have to shut down 
long enough to, in essence, daydream. You have to meditate. You have to let your higher self, your subconscious mind, talk to you about where you need to be going, what you need to be doing. That's, in essence, conscious living versus reactive living. Okay, another type of dream, lucid dreams. Now, I don't have any experience with this, so kind of like with what Fred Dodson said about levels of energy, if you have bought that book or listened to the audiobook, you know that the later chapters are shorter than the first chapters, and that's because he said you just don't want to try to teach what you have not experienced yourself. So I have a big qualifier here. I have not experienced lucid dreaming, but I know some of you have, many of you may have, I'm certainly open to it now that I'm kind of on this dream kick. Who knows what might happen? But lucid dreaming is basically, my understanding is when you're fully awake when you're dreaming. So I read this on a website that I found. It said that lucid dreaming is the ability to consciously direct and control your dreams. It transforms your inner dream world into a living alternative reality where everything you see, hear, feel, taste, even smell is as authentic as real life. Lucidity occurs during altered states of consciousness when you realize you're dreaming and your brain switches into waking mode inside the dream. So in normal dreams, your self-awareness is shut down. That's why they often feel fuzzy and distant. But when lucid dreaming, the conscious brain wakes up during the sleep. That's an interesting concept. And that you can actually control and direct your dreams consciously, but you're still in the dream state. That's lucid dreams. What about recurring dreams? You know, I just love the subconscious mind. You think about recurring dreams. What's it trying to do? It's trying to get your attention. It really does want your best. So hopefully after this podcast, you'll be aware and awake to recurring dreams. And then you can jump on and start taking care of the business that your subconscious mind is trying to alert you to. Now, nightmares. Got it. You, you can't talk about dreaming without talking about nightmares. Again, subconscious mind trying to get your attention, this time with urgency. So we could be talking about, obviously, warnings, health uh, issues, accidents, uh, deeper issues troubling your con- subconscious that it is trying to get you to deal with sooner than later. And we're going to talk about dream interpretation. And I think when you apply that to nightmares, it's going to really transform what nightmares are all about. And hopefully, instead of bothering you, it will just bring awareness and consciousness to whatever's going on in that situation. Another type of dream, let's say prophetic dreams. I had a really interesting situation. Now, this is this could almost be a combination between a daydream, and I guess if I have ever had something called a lucid dream, it would be this would be the closest, but it wasn't. But the night before... September 11th, 2001. Of course, that's the morning in the United States, that tragic morning where two airplanes hit the Twin Towers in New York City. Another plane crashed in a field in Pennsylvania. And, of course, it pivoted. It shifted the whole world. has not been the same since that day. The night before that, so the evening of September 10th, somewhere around 8.30, 9 o'clock in the evening, I had a very vivid, like I said, if, if, it, if you wanted to call it a dream maybe, but it was just this vivid awareness, I guess you would have to say, that something was up, something was wrong. I saw a danger. I saw a threat. I didn't see airplanes. I didn't see New York. I didn't see anything like that. But it was very, very real. And I was with a group of people and communicated that 
So there were about five or six people that heard me say this the night before, and that's what I got the next morning were some phone calls and messages from these people going, oh, my God, how did you know? And, I mean, I didn't. It wasn't to the extent that you wanted to go out and try to tell somebody don't do something, but it just it was very, very real. So that could be an example of a prophetic dream. Okay, let's talk about the big elephant in the room, remembering dreams. This is obviously everybody's biggest challenge. Don't know why on that one. I mean, you know, this look, my stuff isn't scientific. I'm not coming out of a laboratory, and there haven't been double-blind sleep study tests to validate uh, or invalidate these theories. This is, as everything else in this podcast, this is just my experience, kind of a look through the window, a take on life, if you will, from one person's uh, perspective. But most of us don't remember our dreams. So we're obviously straddling between the conscious and the subconscious. So here are some things that you could do to try to bring more consciousness or conscious memory to your dreams. First of all, before you go to bed, and I'll bet you don't do this, just betting here, meditate for, let's say, I don't know, two or three minutes, not very long but meditate for just a couple of minutes before you go to bed and invite a dream and invite that you remember it. Like we've been talking about, the theme of 2015, intention. We're going to do a checkup podcast uh, coming up here pretty soon. How are you doing with your intentions, by the way? Are you setting intentions for everything you do? I hope you are. Okay, another thing you can do is is to, this is a big one. Now, I think this, this was the biggest key for me for starting to remember dreams. I did both of these things. So number one, invite a dream. You can even take that to another level, by the way, and invite something from your subconscious that you need to deal with. I'm kind of working through some plans, specific plans for the upcoming summer months. So for example, tonight, I might meditate for a couple of minutes and invite a dream about some clarity and direction around the summer months. Now, here's the other key. Keep your journal and a pen right by your bed. Sometimes I'll even have it in bed with me. So it's just right there. You don't even have to, you're not fumbling around. Where is it? It's right there. What that does is it tells your subconscious mind that you're serious and ready about this request so that if it delivers, when it delivers, that you are right there ready to receive. So as soon as you wake up from the dream, review the dream in your conscious mind. What that's doing is it's transferring it from your subconscious to your conscious. Mentally review as many items and details as you can, as fast as you can, and start to write it out as quickly as you can. The dream will slip away fast, so you have to capture it. Now, another thing I do is I put a star by the dream or I write dream and circle it in my journal as some way to distinguish it from all the other notes. Because when I go back to these dreams, I've been fascinated by this lately, and I want to go back and be able to, in the journal, to just flip back through the pages and, okay, there's a dream, there's a dream, there's a dream. Now, one other point on writing these dreams down is sometimes you're trying to capture it so quickly, it's best not to write out the details of the scene. Jot down the bullet points, and then you can go in and fill the details in later. I mean, use even one-word descriptors that will just capture the flow and the essence of what happened, and then you can go back and, 
and reconstruct. And sometimes, you know how you'll be like there was a dog running through um, a water pool or something and making splashes in mud. And you're trying to capture all that. But then you realize that somebody in the forest cut down a tree. And so but before if you stay with the scene about the dog, you completely forget about the forest and the guy with the chainsaw and everything. So capture as quickly as you can. So if you get those other prompts, stay with the dog. You've at least already got that one down. Right, forest chainsaw trees. And then you can come back and then, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. See what I'm talking about? Now, let's talk about dream interpretation. This is by no means inclusive of everything. And this is, again, experiential. This is not scientific. But here are some things that you can think about and just apply into your life. I got this from a couple of sources. What turned me on to it is I was reading a book called Mind Power into the 21st Century. It's by John Kehoe. He goes through a number of the kinds of things that we talk about here, but he had this chapter in the book about dream interpretation. And that's really what got me interested in this is when I read his chapter. So some of these are John's suggestions. And I found a good website that goes more in depth by some degree, and it's called dreammoods.com. That's dreammoods.com and that would be another resource that you could check out as well so here are a couple of things you can do to bring meaning and aliveness and interpretation to these dreams what is your subconscious mind trying to tell you first of all picture the characters in the dream now unless you know them specifically such as family members spouse etc picture the unknown strangers in your dream as a version of yourself. And I think even to some degree, uh, folks would suggest that you even picture some of these other people as versions of yourself. But most of the other characters, especially the ones you don't know, that's a representation of you. Okay, so here's one that I captured recently. I had a dream where I was at a party. Somebody was, so there were, think about a big room, a lot of people, Everyone's standing up, talking, mixing, intermingling, and there are appetizers. So there's a big tray of food, and then there are waiters going around serving food. And everybody's really enjoying this food. There was one guy, and I think he had red hair or sandy blonde hair or something, kind of a chunky guy. And he was dressed in a tuxedo, so this was a fancy party. And this guy was going around to everybody in the room. I mean, he was just going belligerently to everybody in the room, and he was stealing salami off of their... (laughs) Dreams are so fun. He was stealing salami off of everybody's tray. So you were sitting there talking to someone, and this guy would come up, and he would steal your salami. Well, it was pissing everybody off. I mean, to the point where, by the end of the kind of the sequence of the dream, everybody was, like, ready to just hang this guy. Well, when you start to apply the concepts that we're talking about, When I understood this, then I captured the dream and realized, okay, it's a character I didn't know. That's a representation of myself. I was going through a situation at that very moment, at that time, where it would have been very easy for me to belittle some people that I was working with. I could have made them look small and tried to make me look big. So the interpretation that I got, because that was what was going on at that moment, was don't be in a position where I take other people's glory or where I do anything to degrade or belittle or otherwise make people feel bad. Because if you do, obviously, they won't like you and they'll want to kill you, which is what everybody wanted to do to this jerk that was running around the party stealing the salami. 
Now, the other thing is, because I captured this dream in vivid detail in my mind and in the journal, that all I had to do was thumb back to that. And immediately when I saw the dream, I was like, oh, yeah. And I remember the details of it. So it's it's imprinted in my mind so I can be practicing that. So when an opportunity comes up next to slam somebody against the wall, all I have to do is remember, don't steal their salami. And you know what I feel when I say that is I feel bad because I remember how everybody just despised this guy. So you see where now there's a really clear mental picture. Don't steal the salami. And it's pretty easy to let the other guy have the upper hand and just go on down the road and let everything work out okay. I had another one not long ago where another person was involved, not myself, but this was more of a metaphor. Now, now catch this. I was walking up a hill, and there was a prolific writer that I used to work with some years ago. Gosh, how many years ago? 20. 20 years ago since I've worked with this guy. And he is actually now deceased. He was killed very tragically in an automobile accident. But I was walking up the hill. He was over here on the left. I was walking up the hill on the right. I caught up with him. I turned over to him and asked how he was doing. I didn't see the details of his face, but I knew that's exactly who he was. I asked how he was doing. He said, fine. I went on and passed him going on up the hill. So what I took that as, now, not that he was me, but he represented to me a prolific writer. And I'm working on expanding and building my writing career. So what I took that was an encouragement to further my writing career and that I could actually, with some diligence, I could further it even beyond some of the things that I knew he had done. And I really respected his career. So once I got that interpretation, I was excited because that's something that I really want to do. So my subconscious mind is trying to tell me, get to writing, get about writing. And you know, about what, two weeks after that, um, a really great writing opportunity uh, came about and I jumped on it. And now I'm writing some articles that are appearing in publications around the world. There's one other I'll give you just on this, because this is probably the most important point of interpreting these dreams is to find yourself inside the dream. And this is really cool. I mean, it's kind of almost like a uh, a free coaching program if you get this. So if you can find out what these meanings are and then start working on it in your life, it's like a free coaching program. Okay, here's another one that I had not long ago. This was this took place at like a basketball coliseum, you know, one of those buildings that seats twenty thousand people, indoor arena. There was a lady who was there in the lobby. She was probably in her I don't know early sixties, maybe something like that. Had white hair, I remember that, and she had an unruly dog with her. I mean, this dog was a spaz. It was just all over the place. It was barking, yipping just running around, driving people nuts, being very inappropriate for a dog. She she begged to come into this event that I was a part of. I told her that she could come in, but that the dog was going to have to be watched. And she agreed. You're going to have to keep that thing on a leash now. So I came back. I left. She came in. I came back a little later. She was still in that same area of the foyer. But this dang dog was just going absolutely nuts wild. So I asked her to pick up the dog and leave. Okay, now let's think about this. Who was the lady? Me. What was the message? Well, what I wrote down, what I had in my journal was, 
The message was to deliver on what I say I will do or it will be taken away. Now, I don't have any of that going on in my life right now, but just a reminder. I mean, it was just a conscious reminder. For some reason, my subconscious was giving me an elbow nudge saying, hey, if you say X, have X show up. You say Z, you better deliver Z. If you don't, you're going to have consequences. The other thing was also, don't be a pest. You know, be kind of examination, self-examination. Am I being an irritant to anybody in their life? Am I being like the dog? So those are some examples to help you encourage to find yourself in the dream. All right, here are a couple of other points. Take the details of your dream, capture it mentally, capture it in your journal, and then you'll start to reconstruct it. So what you have to work with, give that dream a headline. So what I'm suggesting is make it a summary of the entire dream the same way you would if you were trying to, in essence, sensationalize an article enough to sell a news story. You remember the newspaper boys that used to stand on the street corners? This was before my time, but you know the image of them. You see them in movies, and they're selling the newspaper, right? Headline, here, read all about it. Give it that kind of a headline so that you're really trying to magnify it bigger than it might be, but you're trying to sell it to somebody. That will help the dream really come alive to you. That's a good point as well. Then you can rebuild the story around that primary theme, and it may help unlock a few details that you might have missed as well. Here's another one. Revisit the dream when you're awake. Okay, so you've captured it in your journal. Now, this you're not going to turn this into a lucid dream. You're going to, I, I keep thinking about the Christmas Carol when I think of this. You're going to be like with Scrooge, but you're going to be <laughs> watching the characters, watching the dream unfold, and you're, but this time you're going to reach out and talk to them. So try to speak to the characters. So if I were to reconstruct this with the lady and her dog, I might go into the lobby in my mind, now my conscious mind, consciously awake, but in a meditative state, obviously you want to try to um, be in a relaxed point. You don't want to do this out on the street corner of New York City, for example, but Ask the lady why her dog is so unruly and try to get some dialogue going with her. And it might come up, it might show up, it might not. But at least it gets you again into that characteristic of, ma'am, why why is that dog so unruly? And if you get her to answer, then, of course, you have more insight. There was one other suggestion. This was from John's book where he said to take the dream and break it down into like a little mini story, a short story. So you have an introduction. How did the dream get started? What's the setting? What were the details around the setting? Then you had the plot. What did the characters do? And then you have the ending. What was the conclusion? So just make the dream into a little mini novel, if you will. And, you know, sometimes dreams just have totally bizarre endings and bizarre plots. So that could be some fun with it as well. So if you were outlining a novel, for example, and this was the idea that you had for your book, then you might jot down the details of the dream in that type of a format And again, it could unlock some details and give you more insight. What were the characters doing? What was this particular character about? How did they look? How were they dressed? How did they move? Those kinds of details. So in conclusion, hopefully, this will get you more in tune with your dreams from a perspective that your subconscious mind is talking to you. And what I really hope this podcast does now is that you will have a better consciousness of your dreams, that you'll start to listen better. Capture, capture, capture. Keep that journal by your bed 
and use these interpretation techniques and other things that you'll read about along the way and find out what your subconscious is trying to tell you and then do it. And when you have a great success story about this, I would love to hear about it. Subconsciousmindmastery.com, comment box, shoot it over to me. I would just love to see what's going on in your world. I happen to be recording this in the evening, so I'm going to finish it up, get it posted on the internet, and to that I will say sweet dreams. And thank you for listening. I'm Thomas Miller. Enjoy the journey. The opinions on this podcast are those of the host based on personal experience only and are not intended as medical or psychological advice. If you are experiencing symptoms that require professional treatment, please contact a licensed medical practitioner. The stories and opinions expressed on this podcast are independently those of the host and guests and are not intended to be taken as medical advice or to replace medical care from a licensed professional when appropriate.